We work hard at being healthier. And what we really need is better quality sleep. The new Sleep Number 360 Smart Bed intelligently senses your movements and automatically adjusts your comfort and support on both sides. This is not a bed. It's proven quality sleep. It's the biggest sale of the year where all beds are on sale. Save 50% on the new Sleep Number 360 Limited Edition Smart Bed, plus special financing only for a limited time. To find your local Sleep Number store, go to sleepnumber.com. Special financing subject to credit approval. Minimum monthly payments required. See store for details. This was all circulating around the base that a giant had been killed, but no one was supposed to talk about it. I saw three long, bony fingers reach up underneath the door, curl up to grab it, and then disappear. When he came over to me, dude, he slithered over to me. And this giant comes out of the cave, and they're all frozen. And he starts running and firing at this giant. Well, the giant moves. He's got a spear in one hand, and he's running really fast. And spears Dan and holds him up like this. Somebody else, shoot him in the face, shoot him in the face. They basically decapitate him. Got closer, got closer, got closer. When he got about 15 yards away from me, I raised that 12 gauge and I blow this head off. I feel something pulling at my leg. And I look over and there are two small gray entities pulling at me. And they're literally, I'm getting pulled off the bed. I reach my hand into this bush and I touch air. Couldn't breathe and I couldn't move because I know I'm seeing a monster. Welcome to the show, everybody. You are listening to The Confessionals. I am your host, Tony Merkel, and thank you for being here. If you had an encounter or a story you'd like to share on the show, go ahead and shoot me an email. My email address is theconfessionalspodcast at gmail.com. That's theconfessionalspodcast at gmail.com. Or you can go to the website, theconfessionalspodcast.com, hit the connection section, and you can reach me that way as well. Either way works for me. Just get a hold of me. Now, this week, we want to do the iTunes rating and review shout-outs. That's anybody who goes to iTunes and leaves us a rating and review. You'll get a shout-out on the following week's show. And this week's shout-outs is RST Belt, Crit Crid, Stephen Henry, and You Had One Job One. Thanks for going to iTunes and leaving a rating and review. It means a lot to me, and it definitely helps out the show on iTunes gain more exposure. Now, if you want to help support the show on a monthly basis, go to patreon.com forward slash the confessionals. That's patreon.com forward slash the confessionals. There you'll see a bunch of different rewards that you get for helping to support the show on a monthly basis. So if that interests you, go to patreon.com forward slash the confessionals and see what level of being a Patreon works for you. Now, this week we have Zach coming on the show and Zach has had some really heavy experiences with out-of-body experiences and also some hauntings that came from dealing with the Ouija board and he's actually encountered a night hag that has left an impression on him that he probably won't forget for the rest of his life. But before we get to Zach, we're going to bring on Ben, who actually has experienced another haunting church. We've heard several stories like this, but the church that he was being a janitor in was haunted and he comes on to share what he experienced and what he saw in that church. And we're going to bring on both these guys right after this. Hey, 
Okay, tonight I have a great guest coming on. I have Ben, and Ben, we had a technical difficulty, and we're back on, and I'm really glad we're able to get this bad boy going, because I'm really excited to hear about your interview that you have coming tonight. Now, you've had some experiences as a custodian in a church, some haunting experiences, and uh, anything from shadow figures to creepy feelings to possibly seeing a demon. So why don't you walk us into exactly what happened with the whole demon situation? I'm very interested to hear about this. What did you see? How did it unfold? What happened? All right, yeah. So I was uh, doing my normal rounds. There's a lot of locking up the building. And uh, I was upstairs making sure doors are locked, um, windows are closed, lights are off, that sort of thing. And uh, upstairs, it's like a big open room with uh, classrooms on the side of the classroom. And uh, so I was getting back on the elevator to go back downstairs. But I looked uh, straight across from where I was, and there was a classroom on that side. And uh, they had uh, two touch doors. Um, It's like uh, a door with a crack in the middle and like two doors for the opening. Right. And uh uh I was looking across that and I just see like these two hands come out from the side of the door and then I saw this like dark, dark face looking at me peer out from behind the door and then it just went slowly back behind the door and then moved his hands with it and I was just like, Yep, that's it, I'm going home. So wow. I didn't even finish I didn't even finish locking up the building. So. Holy cow. So, mm-hmm. all right. So I know what you're talking about the Dutch doors where it's split, you know, horizontally and the top half opens and the bottom half opens kind of like a barn door. Uh, and so yep. a lot of the nurseries have those kind of things in churches. Uh, and so yep. when you saw, like you said, you saw hands come out from the room across the door. Uh, yep. It was, yeah, it was like looking, it was like peering out from behind the door. Now, were these hands kind of like grabbing onto the door like they were going to open it or they kind of grabbing around the side of the wall? Uh, what were the hands doing when you first saw them? Because that's got to be one of the most creepiest things before you see the face come forward. Oh, yeah. Uh, it was like, uh, you can imagine like being behind the door and just like tearing out and looking at somebody like you're going to scare them, you know. That's what it was kind of looking like. And yeah, these hands were pretty creepy looking. Before we get into that, uh, are you are you meaning that whatever it was was behind the door, and the hands kind of came around the door, and then the head peered out from behind the door, or was it behind the wall? It was behind the door. Gotcha. Okay. Well, that that's yep. pretty darn creepy. Uh, so <laughs> these hands, how many fingers? How big? How small? Could you describe what you saw, man? Yeah, um, it looked like it had a thumb. It looked like um, probably four fingers, and it was like they were like extra long, extra skinny. Uh, it was a kind of like a green red color, and it looked scaly to me when I saw them. So you said they looked kind of greenish reddish. I find that interesting because if you combine the colors green and red, I would imagine you probably get a kind of like a brownish color. And uh, mm-hmm. I just did a live interview today for the patrons with uh, Zach King. We had him on for episode 61. And, uh, you know, he's the ex-Satanic High Wizard. And he described what 
a demon looks like. And he said a lot of times they're like a real dark brown or black. And so the, the greenish red is, is interesting. Now, when you say that, though, was it like like spotted like this parts was green parts was red or was it like kind of like a greenish red tint i'm just trying to picture this in my mind yeah it kind of was more like a greenish red tint to it like it would move it moved its hands and it would like turn to green and then moved its hands it would turn to red you know it was kind of that sort of thing wow 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 so how long was this ordeal was it like you saw the hands coming and then immediately after the face came or was this something where you saw the hands you're looking at them, you're like what is that and all of a sudden the face appears how this like how long was this ordeal just a few seconds or a minute uh yeah it was like pretty quick it was like the hands went out and then the face was like you know probably two three seconds after i saw the hands and then the face just went slowly back behind the door and he brought his hands with it that's that stuff made of nightmares. Did you attend this church as yeah. a uh, as somebody who went to church there? I did. Yes, I grew up going to that church with my family and everything. Now, did you tell anybody about what you saw? Um, I honestly did not tell that many people after it because I was just like too nervous to tell people because it was a it's a Christian Reformed church and not too many people are like you know, sensitive about that subject. And it's like, it's, you got to pick who you want to talk to about it, you know? No, I totally get it. Absolutely. 100% get it. And it's one of my pet peeves is the fact that, you know, here we are Christians. We say we believe the Bible, but we really don't believe the Bible in its complete nature. Because if you actually believed what the Bible talks about, you would know that demons are real. This is a very real thing, yep. and it, you shouldn't be scared to talk about it. You should be very open and accepting of somebody who says they've seen something like this because it talks about it in the Bible. And so it's something that's right. very frustrating for me because, uh, you know, there's people out there like you. There's lots of people out there like you that experience these kinds of things, but you don't know where to go with it because who are you going to talk to? You can't talk to, you know, half the people at your church because they're going to think you're crazy. And that's a shame, you know? Exactly. I had yep. I had a guy on my show who had uh, some haunting experiences in his house and he was down in his basement. He has these experiences. And then he's telling me, you know, I don't know what to do with this because I'm a Christian. I'm not supposed to believe in this stuff, but this actually happened. And I said, no, you're wrong. I said, dude, this stuff actually does happen. And it's okay to believe this happens because it's very real. Uh, You know, so I I feel bad for you, man. I really do. I I wish you, I wish you would have been able to talk to somebody at the church about it. Um, did you tell anybody, or did you never really talk about it? Um, I ended up then telling the children's pastor about it, and he believed me right away, you know. And he was like, yeah, we got to tell somebody about that so we can do something. And uh, word got around somehow to the youth group, and uh, they ended up actually praying these things out of the upstairs of the building so I could be comfortable doing my job. Did it work? Did you feel more comfortable? Oh, yeah, it definitely worked. Like, uh, there was this part in the upstairs, like these back classrooms, that I just hated going back there. And um, after the youth group prayed these things out, it was all better, you know. So it definitely worked. I I know what you mean, man. Like, like there's, 
churches can be creepy. They really can. Like it's it's weird to say that, but uh, you know, churches really can be a creepy place. And I, I've had creeped out. I've been creeped out in churches and stuff myself. You know, the church I grew up in. Uh, speaking of those kind of doors that you saw this thing at, uh, there's a nursery that had that kind of door. But you would go into the nursery, and then you'd go, and there's like a back room behind the nursery. And it was like, it was just kind of like a really out in the middle of nowhere kind of room to be put. And for some reason, when I was a kid growing up, that room always bothered me. Always. And so, you know, I totally get it. Uh, I've had, and I've shared on the show before, some of my um, things that I've felt about, you know, like I had a dream. For me, I had a really... A, a crazy dream. And I've talked about it on the show before, but you know, it, it's like sometimes you just don't know what to make of it, you know? And, uh, mm-hmm. yeah. So I don't want to, I don't want to rehash that though, <laughs> but, um, <laughs> so that, that's a very interesting thing, man. So you saw these hands, you see this face. Now, did you see the whole face, like the outline? Like, like if you were looking at me, you would see my head and all that. Is that how clear you saw this thing? Or was it more like a figure where you saw like almost like a shadow figure peering out with, you know, eyes and stuff like that? Uh, it was more so just the shadow of it. Like I couldn't see any features of it. Um, it, it looked like it was part of the body, but yeah, it was just completely dark. It was darker than what the room was. Gotcha. Yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about. Like it's a dark room, but whatever it was, it was darker than a room, so you could see a little bit of it, but you couldn't see the whole thing. And uh, I totally exactly. get it. I totally get it. So, yep. with this whole experience that you had, when you look back at that, do you think if, for instance, I know you would never have done this, I wouldn't have done it, but if, if you would have saw that thing and ran into the room to find it, and it didn't disappear in front of you, but you saw it. Do you think you would have saw something very physical or did it seem something that was more, um, obviously it's supernatural, but do you think it was more ghostly like, or was it a very physical looking thing to you? Uh, to me, it looked very, very physical. And yeah, I think I'm sure I would have seen something if I ran through and checked it out. Um, yeah, those, those hands were just solid and, I was just like, yeah, that's that's real, you know. Yeah, no, I I get it, man. I definitely wouldn't have chased it myself. I I, probably, I, would, I think most people would have just you know turned around and ran like you did, uh, because that's just crazy yeah. stuff. I mean, you know, Bigfoot's one thing, but when you're looking at a demon, <laughs> it's a totally different thing. So uh, I totally oh, get yeah. it, brother. So. <laughs> You have that experience. You share it with the youth pastor. He believes you. The kids pray over, you know, the church, and you're feeling more comfortable. But I know that's not the only experience you had at the church. You've had, you know, experiences where you felt uneasy. Uh, you think you might have seen shadow people. Can you tell us about that at all? Uh, yeah, this all happened, you know, way, uh, way before I saw the demon. The demon was just like the top of the top of what I saw. Um but yeah, with the shadow people, I was upstairs in those back classrooms, and uh, I was checking to see how one of our volunteers was doing. Uh, she was just cleaning one of the classrooms up there, and I was talking to her, and all of a sudden, I'm, I'm, she has her back towards me, or she's looking at me, and uh, I look behind her, and I just see this shadow person standing behind her. It looked like her shadow, but and all of a sudden, I just see it move quickly out of the room that it was in. And it was just like, it went straight through the wall. 
came disappearing. And that's when you know <laughs> you saw something unusual. <laughs> yep. <laughs> so how old were you when this when this happened? Uh, this was only probably three, four years ago. So like I was 24, 25. Okay. And you said the demon in- incident happened after this. Yep. Gotcha. So this is a church that you grew up in, but you didn't experience things your entire life there. This is more of a uh, recent thing that started happening. Yeah, yeah. I never really experienced anything before I started working at the church. Gotcha. Okay. Well, it would make sense if you're working at the church, you're there more often, you're there by yourself, things like that. Uh, Now, you see Mm -hmm. this thing, and how tall was it? Like, was it really tall? Was it shorter? What was it like? Um, it probably was around, I want to say like six, five, six, six. And it was pretty, it was like a skinny shadow. Okay. So, so was it like a, uh, have you ever heard of the rake? No, that's not what I'm thinking of. I I can't remember. (laughs) I can't remember what it is, but uh, I forget what it's called. But, uh, so when you say, when you say it's, it was skinny, I mean, was it like Mm -hmm. really skinny or was it just like almost like a skinny person? Uh, it was pretty skinny. Yeah, it was like it looked like a six foot six tall, really skinny person. Okay, now did it have a hat? Um, I can't. I don't think it did. Okay, just making sure we're not dealing with a hat, man. Okay. <laughs> yeah, because uh, a lot of people talk about this hat man, and uh, it it's a completely dark shadow figure, and a lot of times it has a Victorian hat or a, a Federo. And, um, my wife has actually seen it. And so she, Mm. on episode three, she talks about her experience with the hat man. And then her and I kind of run through paranormal things that happened to her, mostly, mostly her throughout her entire life. So very good episode. I highly encourage people to check it out. But, um, when you saw this, how long, how long of a period was this? When you first laid eyes on it to the time it walked through the wall, how long were you looking at this thing? Uh, I had to be looking at it probably a good 10 seconds because I think it was trying to make me think that it was part of uh, the, the girl's shadow that I was talking to. And as soon as I realized that it wasn't, you know, and then it just took off. Gotcha. Okay. And so you're saying that there was actually somebody else there, though? Yep. And yeah, I had a stop. We were just, I wasn't seeing how she was doing with everything. And I actually had to stop the conversation to go check out. The other room that I saw the shadow in, and she was asking me, like, what do you see? What do you see? And I was like, oh, I think I just saw a shadow person. What was her reaction? Uh, she was like, really? Like, I I think I've been seeing stuff around this place, too. So I was just like, oh, okay. <laughs> now, see, now we're getting somewhere because... Now you have somebody else who thinks they've been seeing stuff. You've been seeing stuff. And uh, all of a sudden, yep. you probably didn't feel so alone with that. Yep, exactly. Well, was how many times have you seen like a shadow person? I mean, was that your first, second, third time? Um, I feel like I probably saw that thing maybe two, three times in the building. Okay. Was it all at the same place or was it throughout the entire building? Uh, yeah, it was pretty much all over the place. Like it wasn't really contained in one area. So this shadow person that you see, and then I'm so, I think you said the most recent thing that happened was the demon encounter, right? Um, yeah, that was like the last thing that happened there. Do you think it's the same thing or do you think it's two different things? 
I honestly think they were different because the shadow person didn't seem as scary as the demon that I saw. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I mean, a lot of times people think that, you know, it's the same thing uh, that all, all supernatural ghosts, entities like that uh, are demons. And uh, I, I don't, mm-hmm. I don't necessarily agree with that. At one time in my life I did, but the older I get, the more I think about these things, the more I think that there are, uh, other things happening here that aren't as easy to explain. But when you read in the Bible that King Saul went to a witch to summon the spirit of Samuel, and he actually talked to the spirit of Samuel, all of a sudden, that wasn't a ghost. That wasn't a demon. That was Samuel talking to Saul. And if that's possible right. in the Bible, then clearly, 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 that's possible today. And what else is possible today, you know? So uh, I, I definitely think that there's a lot of things going on that we can't even begin to understand or explain. But uh, those are some uh, crazy experiences, man, for real. Uh, I know you said that you were always feeling like creeped out and stuff. Was that just like when you were by yourself? Or was there ever a situation where you're around a bunch of people and you just got this creeped out feeling? Well, I we actually had this one experience I had together with one of my coworkers. Um, we were cleaning up after an event. Uh, it was like late at night. It was after a graduation ceremony that we had there. And we were cleaning up in the sanctuary. And all of a sudden, we just started hearing two women talking to each other out of the blue. It was so it was so random. We had no idea what was going on. So we ran out to the town forest to see if there were people out there and there was nobody out there. And it, yeah, it was just two women talking clear as day. Do you remember what they were saying? Um, no, I can't remember, but yeah, it was, they were talking to each other. Definitely. Wow. Yeah. See that, that, that kind of stuff's gotta be creepy, man. That's just, it just sends shivers down my spine. Just thinking about going through that, especially at church. It's just something about the fact that I don't know. Like, I mean, you're at a church and you're already creeped out and then you have these experiences and stuff. I, I would have a hard time going back to that church, man. Is, you still attend that church? <laughs> uh, I don't anymore since I don't work there anymore. So in my family, goes to a different church now. Too, so. Okay. Gotcha. Well, I mean, I don't know. I think I probably would have left the church after that experience anyways. <laughs> <laughs> I'm out. I'll see you later. Yeah, it was- yeah, it wasn't too bad, but, you know, it was just, it was a job and I had to, I had to stick with it. Yeah, I totally get that, man. Uh, well, Ben, I really appreciate you coming on and talking about this stuff. I mean, it, this is a, it's a very interesting thing. Have you ever heard the episode that I did? I actually did two different episodes with Haunted Churches. Have you ever heard those those shows yet? Um, I don't think I have. I'll send them to you. I'll, I'll forward them to you in an email. You should check them out because, uh, it, similar situations, very similar. And, uh, I, I think, I think, yeah, I, I mean, not completely, they're not identical at all, but, uh, it, it's definitely, obviously it's similar. Both, ha- both of them happened in the church, just like yours. But, uh, you know, the one guy came on, he's from Canada. He's an English guy in Canada. So it's kind of, <laughs> it's funny. He, he's, he's actually turned into a pretty good friend of mine. Uh, I razz him about it, but, okay. um, so he comes on and he talks about how, his parents uh, were working with their pastor and they were going through some things and uh, some, just a lot of weird demonic stuff going on in their lives and things like that. And it turns out uh, long story short, there was a painting that was given to the pastor 
uh, or a drawing or something mm-hmm. that he put up on the wall. It was Jesus on on the cross and the and the two uh, people on the cross next to him on each side. And the pastor one day started having this vibe or feeling that this word in his head, Baphomet, keep kept coming into his head. And so he asked this guy's mm-hmm. father, you know, what what a Baphomet was, and and he's like. Uh, you, uh, and he told him what a Baphomet was, and ba- Baphomet's you know, goat like entity, like demonic entity that uh, is worshipped by Satanists. And uh, he said, I, I keep hearing this word Baphomet, and so he's looking through his church to see if there's anything that resembles that. And that picture that was given to him by this lady when he first took took over the church, he turned it upside down, and in Jesus's beard was drawn a Baphomet, and. So like there was like this whole like apparently there's a satanic coven that was trying to attack their church and uh, it, it was just a very interesting story and then um, then another couple comes on and shares their experience at their church so I'll send them to you and uh, you can check them out and stuff like that but uh, Ben I really appreciate you coming on and sharing these stories man yeah you're welcome thanks for having me absolutely brother if you ever have anything else let me know all right sounds good thank you. Okay, well, that was Ben, and hopefully you enjoyed that short little interview there. He definitely had some crazy experiences inside that church, and, uh, you know, it's a common theme throughout this show now. We definitely get a lot of people contacting us and sharing stories of haunted churches that they either attended, worked in, or knew of. So that said, let's bring on Zach and have him start sharing his experiences of -of out-of-body experiences, the night hag, Ouija boards, and all that. We're going to bring on Zach right after this. Okay, tonight I have a great guest coming on. I have Zach. Zach, how you doing, man? Good. How are you? I'm doing well. Doing well. Uh, thanks for bearing with me. I was running late coming home from work today, and it's it's been a long day. So I'm, I'm glad we're here talking to you. So, uh, you know, you kind of emailed me a few months back and stuff, uh, talking about your paranormal experiences with uh, more out of body things. But I know that you had some other th- stuff happen early in life. So, you know, why don't you just kind of start us in the beginning and kind of walk us through how things developed for you throughout your life here? Okay, sounds great. So my my paranormal experiences started when I was around six years old. My family and I actually were out shopping one evening and we were driving home and we passed an ambulance coming across the railroad tracks. Um, and when we arrived home back in that day, we, we still had uh, answering machines. So we got home and my, my parents saw that they had a, a few messages on the answering machine. So they checked them and it was my, my aunts and my grandma um, all calling hysterical, telling us that my grandpa had had a heart attack and that, he was in the hospital and they didn't think he was going to make it. And then after, by the time my dad had called them back, they, they let us know that my grandpa had died. So I took it really hard. We were, we were actually really close. Um, so when I'll say probably two or three nights later, um, I was, I was laying in bed, uh, trying to go to sleep and I had a little fishbowl. It wasn't a fish tank. There were no kind of anything that would create any kind of bubbles or anything. And it was just a little goldfish with a little in, inside of a little fishbowl. 
and I heard uh, I heard a voice that sounded exactly like my grandpa's voice saying, "Zach, help me! Zach, help me!" And it was it was definitely it was an experience. It was a frightening experience, that's for sure. And that's kind of what started started my paranormal experiences. Um, from then on out. I had just little experiences like where I'd, I'd see something or a door would lock with me inside it or just little things. Nothing really big happened again until I was about 15 or 16. And uh, we had a completely finished basement. And I had on one side, my brother's bed was on one wall. And then my bed was across the way on the on the other wall and my brother he didn't like to he didn't like to sleep downstairs for some reason in the bed so he'd always go upstairs in the living room and he'd always sleep in in a sleeping bag so one night i was uh i was laying in bed i I was asleep and i woke up i don't i don't know why i woke up i felt like something was watching me and so i woke up and i saw a figure sitting over on my brother's bed it was kind of kind of like a light blue i can't remember if it was glowing or not but i mean it was it was obviously in the pitch black i could see it so it had it had to have had some kind of glow but it was i could tell it had long hair it was kind of stringy long hair but it had his head down kind of like with his head hands together almost looked like it was like in a praying posture and so i closed my eyes and just kind of gave it a second hoping that it was going to go away, opened my eyes again. And now it was standing up in front of my brother's bed. And I could tell that it was a woman. It was an older woman, probably. I would say she looked like she was in her eighties and she just stood there. She kept standing there. And so I closed my eyes again, kind of just hoping it would go away, opened my eyes again. And she was a little closer. She was in the center of the room now. And opened closed my eyes again opened them again now she was standing right in front of me and in, in in my bed and so i closed my eyes again and i was i was just praying hoping she would go away and open my eyes again she was gone um and that was the last time last time that i had seen her um and then uh the next the next experience that was pretty big was actually in basic training when I was down in San Antonio, Texas, I, uh, we, we had what we called beast week. So that was basically when we went out in the field and kind of just did a mock scenario of how it would be for a week, um, out in the field, if we were deployed, not being able to take showers, having to eat MREs, that kind of thing. And so we did that. And, when we came back, we, they switched up our whole living arrangements and we had to, we had to go into new dorms. And so during that period of time, that's when I was in basic training, that's when that first, uh, H1N1, the the bird flu, that first strain of it had, had come out and all those people were getting really sick from it and, and dying. And we actually had, um, a few people, from we were team three and then team eight they were some of the newer uh recruits that had came in they had i think three or four different um recruits actually die from bird flu 
uh, during that time. And so when we returned back to our base uh, in San Antonio to get ready for uh, graduation week, I had got placed in a room by myself. Um, and so I got in there first night went, went okay. And then the second night I, I started hearing, hearing rumors about the fact that I was actually in one of the rooms that one of the, one of the recruits had died in. And so I started kind of feeling a little uneasy about it, thought it was kind of weird. And so I, uh, there was a girl that I was talking to just like a little internet kind of Facebook thing when it had first started. And so we were talking on the phone that night and, uh, while we were talking, I was laying in bed, had the lights off and all of a sudden I felt, felt kind of like something was like pushing up from underneath my bed. Like kind of like when you're messing with your brothers or your siblings, you're on the bottom bunk and you're kind of kicking up on that top bunk. It kind of felt like that. And so I kind of thought it was weird, but I didn't think anything of it. I thought maybe the pop, the springs are popping or something. Um, and so we kept talking and all of a sudden I, I started hearing what I sounded like boot, like footsteps and boots kind of coming from around the corner where the bathroom was and coming towards my, my bedroom, um, towards the bed where I was. And so I'm like, Hey, I hear footsteps and I was telling her and she was kind of freaking out and I was kind of starting to get uneasy about it. And as I, uh, as I was talking to her about it, I kind of felt, I heard the footsteps get closer and closer and closer. And then I heard they almost like stomped like right at the end of the bed. And as they stopped at the end of the bed, that stomp, I heard that stomping sound. All of a sudden the bed from underneath just started shaking violently. Like somebody was just kicking it as hard as they could from underneath. Wow. And yeah, it was, it was definitely, definitely creepy. And so I told her, I'm like, I was freaking out. I was like, I jumped out of bed and I was like, I got to get out of this room. But when you're in basic training like that, like you're on lockdown. So I couldn't go out into the hallways. I couldn't do anything because I didn't want to get in trouble. I was, I was a week away from being able to see my family. So I didn't want to, I didn't want to do anything that was going to get me in any kind of trouble. So I just kind of had to suck it up. And so I, I stayed in there. I turned the lamp on beside my bed and I just kind of had to stay in there all night. I was, I was terrified. And, uh, I, I kept hearing foot, footsteps throughout the night. The toilet flushed itself. It was just a bunch of weird things like that. But <laughs> fast forward into we, I actually probably a year later deployed to Kuwait. Um, and we were over in KCIA doing, doing refueling and just doing security up there. And so I was, uh, I was in barracks with more like a dorm room kind of thing. And there was, it was me and two other guys. And so we built inside our rooms. We kind of, it was like, we had three bunk beds, but there's only three of us. So we kind of each took like a part of the room and we took like blankets and sheets and everything kind of like made our own little, own little hideouts, like our own little section of the room. That way we kind of just could stay to ourselves and have our privacy. 
And so uh, <laughs> one night I I woke up because somebody was like a, a deep male voice was screaming my name. Like, Zach, wake up, Zach. And so I woke up and I was like, what in the world? And so I just like gave it a little bit and I didn't hear anything, anything else. And I'm like, okay, you know, maybe one of the guys is just messing with me. And so I went back to sleep and I woke up and it was an even deeper, like growling, like scream, like Zach. And so I woke up and I kind of, I pulled the sheets off of the, away from the bed and kind of went out to look and see if one of the guys was messing with me. And so I looked and they were both completely fast asleep. And so at this time, this kind of, the, the days leading up after that um, kind of started my out-of-body experiences to where I think, I think it's when they were starting. I wasn't, I don't think I was actually having them yet, but I was starting to have the sensations that actually went along with them to where I would, I would fall asleep and it would almost feel like like my body was being drained of like all of this energy while I was sleeping and I'll wake up and I'd have like this pressure in my head and it would just feel like, I don't know, it, it's so hard to explain. I don't know. Like it's kind of how you would think it feels like you had a stroke or something. I don't, I don't know how else to explain it. It's just, it's a weird thing to try to explain, but yeah. so they, those, the sensations began began starting when I was trying to sleep at night while I was deployed and uh, after I had heard those voices. And one night we had a girl that was uh, deployed with us named Sashi. And so you're the roles while you're deployed, you know, males only in the room. Male females can't be in males' room. Males can't be in female rooms. So one night I was asleep and I had like a little. TV stand with a TV inside my little space that I had. And so I was, uh, I was asleep and I woke up. I felt, felt like something was watching me. And so when I woke up, I looked and in front of me, I could just kind of tell like there was a figure kind of like sitting on the floor. And so I like, I was kind of rubbing my eyes just trying to get my eyes to kind of get used to the dark. And as my eyes started getting used to the dark, I, I, I saw that it was a female figure and she was sitting Indian style kind of right beside that, um, that nightstand. And I kept looking and looking. I'm like, that's Sashi. And I was like, Sashi, what are you doing in my room? I'm like, you know, you can't be in here. And it, it just kept looking at me. It was staring right through me, but it wouldn't say anything. And I'm like, Sashi, you got to get out of here. You're going to get, get us in trouble. And, she wouldn't say anything and i'm like sashi and i kind of reached out to like kind of touch her shoulder to be like hey what are you doing and when i went to touch her shoulder she just disappeared wow and yeah it was it was very weird um so then after we had left kuwait we went back to our home station which was uh Milton Hall, england is where i was stationed at um for my first duty station and so we went back, we kind of had a dorm set up there as well. It was almost like apartments, like a three-story apartment. And so I was on the third floor and I was dating um, a girl back in Ohio at that point. And every couple months she would fly out 
to to England, stay with me for a little bit, and then every couple of months I'd I'd fly back up to back up home to Ohio and stay with her, um, and take some leave. So she had actually she had come out for Christmas that year, and so I had her had her saying I went out, bought a Christmas tree, did everything I could to kind of make it feel as homey and Christmassy as I could for her. Um, so while she was staying there for that week, we just, we kept having random little things. We had like a, a Coke can was sitting on a nightstand kind of off the wall from my bed. And we were laying there in bed one night watching TV and the Coke can, we kind of, you could kind of hear like, you know, that the sound that a Coke can make, yeah. like if you kind of slide it, we we heard that. And so I like, I paused, I paused the movie. I'm like, do you hear that? She's like, yeah. And I was like, what was that? And so we're looking around, like, I think it was that cocaine. I think it moved. And she's like, no, it didn't move. I'm like, I think it did. And so we start, we resumed the movie, started watching it again. Next thing we knew that cocaine slid completely off the table and it was on the ground. And so I picked it up and I was like, she's like, what's going on? I'm like, I don't know. I was like, I told you I'm haunted. I told you something's going on. And she's like, that's not even funny. Don't say that. And so we were laying, laying there again the next couple of nights. Um, and the toilet was flushing itself. I had no roommates. Um, so there's no, there's no reason for that room for that toilet to be flushing. And then the faucet, the sink faucet, it would turn itself off and on, off and on. And so it was just little things like that. And the final night that she was staying there, we were laying in bed and I had the closet was basically on the other side of my, of the wall from where our heads would lay on the bed. And I had like a bunch of shelving up in there. Cause I was, I collected a bunch of like DVDs and I had like all my PlayStation games and everything in there kind of just like lined up throughout there in like two, two different shelves. And so we were laying there in bed and just heard this massive crash come from the, come from the, um, the, the closet. And I'm like, Oh man, I was like, I think, I think my, my shelves just broke. I think all my movies are probably down on the ground. And so we got up out of bed to look and nothing, nothing was on the ground. Everything was the same way it was. It was many other times. Nothing had fallen off the, off the walls, off the shelves, anything. And so she, she had gone home, um, back to Ohio and it was a few days after Christmas. I still had the Christmas tree up and I had an angel topper on top of the Christmas tree. And so I was laying in bed one night and the, uh, I was starting to have those feelings again where I was having in Kuwait where I was just, felt like I was being drained while I was sleeping and um so this night I I woke up to this huge crashing sound <laughs> again and so I woke up and I uh, I turned the light on and I'm like what what is that what was that and so when I turned the light on I noticed that some of the bulbs from the tree they were laying like all over the all over the room and just different spots. Like they had been thrown off the tree. 
And I was like, well, well, that's really weird. That's creepy. And so I looked on the top of the tree and the angel topper was missing. I'm like, oh, no, 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 no. And so I, I'm looking all over and in that sink area. So like the front door, if you look directly across, that was kind of like the vanity area where the sink was. And back there in that vanity area was the angel and the angel's head was busted off. And wow. at that point, that's when I knew, yeah, I felt like, Hey, this has got to be something dark that that's messing with me. And so, uh, <laughs> a few, a few nights later, you know, I, one of my, one of the girls that lived, I think she was about two or three doors down from me. She, she was a self-proclaimed Wiccan and she, uh, she knocked on the door and so I answered and I was like, Hey, what's up? And she said, Hey, do you happen to have a can opener that I could borrow? And I was like, yeah, I think so. I was like, Hey, go ahead and you can come in. And so she came in, she was standing there. And as soon as she kind of got in more into the, the dorm room, she was like, what's in here? And I was like, what do you mean? What are you talking about? And she said, uh, she said, there's something really dark in here. And I was like, do you, you feel it too? And she was like, yeah, I, I feel it. She's like, it's a female spirit. And I was like, okay, well, that's weird. And so I thought it was weird that she felt it too. And she's like, do you mind if I bring some stones over and, you know, I, I and kind of do a little blessing thing and stick them on top of the, uh, the doorways. And I was like, like, it can't hurt anything. I was like, sure. And so she did it. She brought it in and I mean, it, it helped for the most part, but nothing, nothing, I guess I can say nothing else happened big, but the out of body experiences started, um, after, after that night, um, completely on put. So I had the same feelings of where something was like draining me of all my energy again, but now at this point I could, I was standing at the end of my bed and I could see myself sleeping. And so it, I, but I couldn't move. I couldn't go any further. All I could do was just kind of stand there and watch myself sleeping. And then I would end up back in my body and I'd wake up and I'd have that, that pressure in my head and completely drained of all my energy. And this went on for nights and nights and nights. And then it seemed like each night I could move just a little more until I could finally get to where I could open a door and then I could get into my kitchen. And then when I get in my kitchen, I could open some cupboards. And then this lasted for about 30 nights, about a month. And uh, the, the 30th night, I... I came back, but when I came back into my body, I had those feelings again, but it was, it was different. Like I, this time I couldn't breathe. I couldn't move. I couldn't, I couldn't talk. I couldn't do anything. And my, my room was pitch black, like completely dark. Like normally, you know, I could see something, some kind of light was coming out from outside, but I couldn't see anything this time. It was just completely dark. Like I was blind. And 
so and out of the darkness all of a sudden i saw a figure floating above me and it was she was completely black and i could tell that she had like a black veil kind of over her face and she she was i don't even want to say illuminating but i i could start to see her out of the complete the complete pitch black and the only thing so when i was looking at her like she was forcing me to stare into her face and her face was pasty pasty white and her eye sockets like they were just big black eye sockets she had no eyes it was just big black eye sockets no nose and the only thing that i can think of to describe what what she looked like was if anybody's seen uh the newer Sleepy Hollow with um, Johnny Depp, when he goes into the this little cave area to look for that witch, and she pulls up that black veil, and she had what she looks like, those no eye sockets, and kind of just like a cracky, like white-looking face with like the little cracks in it and everything. That's, that's the only way I can dra- describe visually for people to think of what she looked like is that's what it looked like. Um... And I actually had forgotten uh, about a, a Ouija board experience that I think started all of this stuff. Uh. Um, yeah. When when I was 18, uh, I went back home to Ohio um, before because I knew I was about to join the military. And so one of my buddies that I had actually met at MEPS grew the military. Um the whole enrolling process, he, he was, he was like, Hey, you know, we should do something fun before we leave. And I was like, yeah, I'm like, Hey, you want to go up to Ohio? He's like, yeah, definitely. And so we went up to Ohio and we're just kind of hanging out with all my old friends and everything. And, um, we had one of my friends, Katie, we were like, Hey, you know, you want to go hang out with us tonight? We're going to go over to my, my grandparents had went, uh, to visit one of my uncles over in California. And so <clears throat> there, my uncle, my other uncle was watching their house for them. And he's he's like, Hey, you guys should come over. We can hang out and just chill. And I'm like, yeah. So we invited her over and she's like, yeah, let's go. And so we all, we all went over and we were hanging out and my uncle's like, Hey, you guys ever played a Ouija board? And I'm like, I don't want to touch that stuff, man. I don't, I don't want to do that. And he's like, we should do it. We should do it. And I was like, uh, I don't know. I don't know. And he's like, there's a, in that house, like there's a foyer. It's a, it's a really old house. And there's a, the foyer area. When you come through the front door, it's always, we've all, all the whole family, we've always felt just like a darkness, like a presence in that, that area. And so we, he's like, let's just go, let's go in the foyer. You know, it's creepy in there. It'll, it, it'll be fun. And I'm like, okay, whatever. So we went up, we went upstairs in the, the upstairs area above the foyer. And so we sat on the floor and we put candles around us. We started playing, playing with a Ouija board. And so we started asking it questions and we weren't really getting anything at first. And so we kept asking asking if anybody's there and finally it it started yes it said yes somebody's here and so we asked if it was good spirit or bad spirit and it said good 
And we're like, okay. And so we kept asking a few more questions and then it, it just kind of started acting like it was freaking out. And so we're like, is this still the good spirit? And it said, no. And we're like, well, who is it now? And it spelled out Bippin. And we're like, okay, well, that's a, that's kind of a weird name. And we're like, well, what are you here for? And it said, it spelled out to kill. And we said, to kill who? And I, I already had this feeling in, in my stomach. I'm like, I know it's going to spell out Zach. I know it. And so next thing you know, it goes to the Z. And so I take my hand off the planet and I'm like, no, I'm not, I'm not messing with this anymore, guys. I'm like, I know exactly what it's going to spell. It's going to spell Zach. And so they're like, just come on, just come on. And so went, <laughs> put my hand back on and then it went to the A and then a C and then H spelled out my name. And so I was freaking out and I'm like, what, what, what? And they're like, why do you want to kill Zach? And so it just spelled out because, and we're like, how are you going to kill Zach? And it spelled out knife. And we said, we said, where? And it spelled out basement. <clears throat> and so I'm like, I'm done. I'm done. I'm going, I'm leaving. I'm not, I'm not messing with this anymore guys. And so my uncle was like, Hey, don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. We're just, we're just messing. We were just playing with you. It's all fake. It's all fake. Yeah, it was us. We were moving it. And I was like, were you guys moving it? And they're like, no, we weren't moving it. And my uncle's like, yes, you were. Yes, you were. Yes, you were. And I'm like, okay. And I was like, well, well, there's only one way to figure out, you know, if you guys are messing with me or not. I'm like, I, I guess I'll go to the basement. And so I, I walked down the stairs and I started walking through the foyer back into the living room. And I was walking towards the basement door and my uncle stopped me and he's like, dude, don't do it. Don't do it. Don't do it. And I was like, why? It's just fake. You said you're moving it. And he's like, no, I wasn't moving it. I promise I wasn't moving it. And I was like, okay. So it was, that was a little freaky, but fast forward. Um, so after England, I went to Mississippi, uh, Columbus, Mississippi for my last duty station. And uh, so I had, when I got onto flight, I started meeting some some new people, and so I met this met this guy Michael, and so he's like, "Hey man, you wanna you wanna come over? We're having a party this this weekend. Um, do you want to come over with you know with some of the guys, and you know you can meet my my wife, and we're all just gonna hang out and just chill." I'm like, "Yeah, that's cool." And so we. Uh, we go there that weekend we're all just kind of hanging out chilling talking having a few drinks and um him and his his wife and i we started kind of kind of hitting off i don't even know how to say it, like hitting it off kind of just like hey you know hey we like the same kind of music we're both into horror films just all the stuff and hey we both we both seen a lot of weird things and heard a lot of weird things since we were little kids and so she told me that she she was a sensitive in that she felt she kind of felt something around me. Um, but she couldn't tell what it was. And I was like, Oh, that's weird. You know, I've, I've kind of heard something a little bit like that before. And she was like, yeah. And so, um, we all started kind of hanging out more. All of us started hanging out and, uh, we'd have a party over there almost every weekend. And one night she told me that she's like, I think it's, I think I feel like it's a female spirit like that's around you. And I was like, 
yeah, you know, that's, that's what I've been told before. I've, I've heard that a female spirit's kind of around me and that it's dark and that it doesn't, it doesn't like other women around me. And so she, uh, <laughs> she had told me that and I thought it was, it was kind of freaky cause it, it kind of brought a lot to light thinking back to the very first thing that I had saw when I was 16 with the, uh, the woman across the room that started coming towards me and then the, the other female spirit that thought was Sashi and then the whole spirit floating over me out of my out-of-body experience. And so I started kind of just in what that Wiccan girl had said. So it all just kind of started coming back and I'm like, wow, this is starting to creep me out. And so she, uh, one night, um, we were all over there and they're all like, Hey, you guys can stay the night if you want to. Um, you guys can just sleep down, down here. So me and a few of the guys, we stayed over and we just slept down in the living room and they had right off the living room, they had stairs that went straight up and then, uh, into their bedroom. And so one night we were down there, we were sleeping and, um, I woke up and <laughs> I heard Amanda, she was up at the top of the stairs and she's like, she was like trying to, she was like, Zach, Zach. And I was like, what, what's up? She's like, there's, there's a woman standing there right in front of you. Like she doesn't want me to come down the stairs cause she wanted to go come down the stairs to get a drink of water in the kitchen. And she said, there's a woman, she's in a blue dress and she's standing there like in front of the stairs, like in front of you, like she doesn't want me to come down there. She will not let me come down there anywhere near you. Like, and I was like, are you serious? And she's like, yeah, she said, I, I see a woman. And so I just thought, thought that was really creepy. And so, um, a few weeks later, I, I, uh, I met this girl, Nikki. And so we started kind of hanging out a lot. And, uh, <laughs> one night she was like, Hey, have you ever messed with the Ouija board? And I'm like, yeah, I did it when I was 18. I was like, it's not really something that I'm comfortable with. I don't want to, don't want to do it. And she's like, she's like, let's just, let's go to Toys R Us and let's grab one. Let's, let's just grab a Ouija board and hang out. And I was like, whatever, you know, it's, did it before. And, I guess it's not that big of a deal. I don't know. I didn't, I didn't know if it was real. Um, so we had, we went to, went to Toys R Us, grabbed the Ouija board and we came back to my dorm room and we set it up, put some candles around us and we started playing. And so this girl, like I said, we, we just hung out. We didn't, she didn't know, I didn't tell her any of my life story. She didn't know anything about me. Um, and so we were playing and we said, you know, is anybody here with us? <coughs> and I said, yes. And we said, <clears throat> what's your name? And it spelled out Bippin, the exact same person or spirit that I, that we made contact with the very first time that I played with my uncle and my friends in Ohio. And I was like, no way. And I, so I told her, I'm like, Hey, you know, I, I ran into the spirit like four or five years ago. And she's like, Oh my goodness, that's creepy. And so we kind of started talking to him and all of a sudden, same thing as last time, the board just kind of started freaking out. 
uh, randomly. And it, it was just going all over the place. It wasn't making any sense. And it started kind of like throwing out obscenities. Um, and so we're like, Devin, are you still there? And it's, it said, no. And we said, who are you? And, uh, I don't, I don't even like to say this thing's name. Um, it starts with a yeah, Z. Just don't. don't. And <laughs> yeah, so I'm not even, I'm not even going to go into it, but cause I think it, it messed me up a lot. But, uh, so it spelled out its name and it, it just started every time she would ask a question, it would throw out obscenities at her. Like it just, it hated her. It would not, it was just, I don't know. It was so hate, hate, hateful towards her. And so when I would ask questions, it would, it would answer me back just normally. Um, and so I said, you know, what do you want? And it said, friends. And I said, you, you want to be friends with me? And it said, yes. <laughs> and I said, why would I, why would I want to be friends with you? And it said, are, and I'm like, are like, we are friends. And it said, yes, we're, we're friends. And I was like, I don't think so. And it said, it spelled out Butch, which was my grandpa's name. And I said, um, how do you know my grandpa? And it said, friends. And I said, you're friends with my grandpa. And it said, we, and I said, we're friends with my grandpa and it said yes we're all friends and i said how how are we all friends and it spelled out past a life and i said okay so me you and my grandpa were all friends in a past life and it said yes and i said okay i said how did we die it said fire and i said okay and then it got to where then she would try to ask another question it would it started cussing her out again. And then I tried to ask a question and all of a sudden it wouldn't talk to me. It would not answer me at all. And so I said, I kept that. I'm like, why won't you talk to me anymore? Why won't you answer me anymore? And it said scared. And I said, why are you scared? And it said, you, and I said, you're scared of me now. And it said, yes. And I said, why are you scared of me? And it said, devil. And I said, I said, who's, who's the devil? And it said, you. And that's, that's basically where it ended. Um, and so I, I don't know what any of that meant, but I mean, after we, after we played that and we said goodbye to that spirit, um, I just felt like I started getting like i i've had severe anxiety disorder ever since that moment for the past i think it's been almost eight seven or eight years now um so i feel like and it's just something that i'm just now starting to break free of so that's it's one of the big reasons why i don't like to say its name but it's it definitely was something that messed me up but i feel like that's that's probably the end of the big things I've had little things happen since then, but those are some of the biggest, biggest experiences I've had in my life. Do you think that 
these experiences are done or do you think this is going to be ongoing from this point on? I think, I think they're going to continue to be ongoing. Um, like I said, I've, I've had little things I've had, I've had a part, like I had an apartment where, uh, I had an apartment where I saw like a white, a white figure, um, kind of like peek its head around the, uh, around the wall. Sorry, my little guys. That's okay. Just ran out. Um, it peeked its head around the, the wall and kind of just looked at me and I've had just different, uh, I've had different electronics kind of just freak out on me. I've heard, I woke up, um, with voices screaming my name again. Um, I had one night I kind of fell asleep on the couch and I had like this woman's voice. It was like a whisper, but a, a very loud whisper kind of whispered in my ear very loudly. The end is coming. Like, so I've had, I just had a, a bunch of weird experiences still, but nothing that I think is huge as, as big as those other experiences, but they are, they're still ongoing. Okay. Well, uh, let's just take a break right now. When we come back, we'll jump right back into it. Okay, now let me talk to my contacts-wearing listeners out there. If you're like me, during the summertime on these hot summer days with all the dust in the air, the dust gets on my contacts and they scratch my eyes and it really hurts bad. And right around 4 o'clock, I can't take it anymore. I take my contacts out, put my glasses on, and I rock like that for the rest of the day. But I go through contacts really, really fast. And I don't have time to go to the eye doctor and have the eye doctor order my contacts from a prescription company and wait for them to make it, send it back to my eye doctor. My eye doctor called me and then I got to make time to go Go to the eye doctor and pick up my contacts lenses. It's really a pain in the butt sometimes to do that. But there is a simpler way to do this. Simple Contacts. Simple Contacts is the most convenient way to renew your contact lens prescription and reorder your brand of contacts from anywhere in just minutes. You go to simplecontacts.com and take their vision test. The vision test is going to be reviewed by an eye doctor. Now, this vision test is not a replacement of your periodic full eye health exam. But if you need contacts fast and you have your contacts prescription, go to simplecontacts.com and take their test and you'll get your contacts really fast. I've done it and this is a really, really great way to do it, friends. So if you need a new prescription, go to their website, simplecontacts.com, take their eye test and get the process going. Now, if you want some extra incentive to do this, go to simplecontacts.com forward slash the confessionals and order that way to get $30 off your contacts. Or you can use the promo code, the confessionals at checkout. Now that's $30 off at simplecontacts.com forward slash the confessionals or the promo code, the confessionals at checkout to get $30 off of your order from simplecontacts.com. Now go there today and see what I'm talking about. Say no! 
weak. No. Eve was weak. No. Eve was weak. Say it. No, Mama. Say it. And if you see her in your dreams, be sure you never, ever scream. What shall I say when his feet enter softly, leaving the marks of his grave on my floor? Enter, my lord. Come from your prison. Come from your grave. The moon is arisen. Welcome, my lord. Now, with all these experiences that you've had, uh, if you had the option for it all to stop, would you take that option, or is this something that you're kind of intrigued by? I, I as much as I want to say that I would want it to stop, I don't. I don't think I would want it to stop. I think it's something that I've always been intrigued by and that I'll continue to be intrigued by. And I think that's, I think losing my grandpa when I was six kind of started all that. I mean, hearing that, that voice in that fishbowl, I think kind of started it all for me and it just kind of wondering, Hey, you know, was that my grandpa? You know, did, did he go to hell? Was that why he was asking for help? You know, like what, what was that? So I think, I think ever since then it's, it sparked an interest in me. And I, I until I get some kind of answers, I don't think I'm going to want it to stop. Okay. Now you described that black figure in your room. And at one point you said, uh, she made you look at her. How did she make you look at her? Was this something that she took control of your body or did she reach out and touch you? How did that whole thing work? It was just that it was that like how I described just like I couldn't move, like I couldn't move. I couldn't breathe. And I mean, it was as to where she was like, it was almost like she was controlling my eyes. Like I couldn't even move my eyes to the corner, like to the corners. Like I could not look away. Like she was forcing me to just look her straight in those empty eye sockets. Like I, she wouldn't let me look away. Okay. So when you're doing this, um, out of body experiences that you were having and you mm. said over time, you started working your way further away kind of thing. And I think you said you kind of went into the kitchen and would open doors, you know, like drawers and stuff. Uh, how does how did that work? Now, is that something that you're like you're having an out of body experience and you're actually able to physically open a drawer? Were you able to actually feel the drawer physically, or was this something that like I I don't know? Like it's almost like I feel like I'm asking you, you know, when you were a ghost, what was it like? You know, because like I mean, yeah. how, how did that whole thing operate? Like I mean, when you're trying to touch something could you physically feel like you do when you're, when you're at work and you open up something? That's, that's a funny thing that you would explain it that way, because that's, that's almost what it's like. It's like, you're a ghost. Like it's, it's not like you're real. Like when, when I would open those drawers, I couldn't feel it. It was just like, like feeling like you're like, you're just so lightheaded. Like, like when you're, that's why I describe it. Like when you're completely exhausted, like you haven't slept for over a day and you start kind of start getting that feeling where like, it's almost like you're walking on clouds. Like you can't even feel yourself walking kind of thing. It's, it's kind of like that. That's how you feel. That's how I felt when I was doing, when I, when I had those out of body experiences. And it's, 
I wasn't even trying to have those out of body experiences. It wasn't like I was trying to lucid dream or try, try to astral project, nothing like that. It was just, it just kept happening and it wasn't something that I could, I could control, but it's exactly what it felt like. It was like you were a ghost. Like you, when you would touch something, you couldn't feel it. It was just that, that feeling of like a, like the only way I can explain it, like you're walking on a cloud, like you're, like you're just completely lightheaded and you just can't, you can all like, you can't feel anything. Like it's just like, nothing's real, but it's, it's there. It's, it's so hard to explain, but that's exactly when, when you said that, you know, it's like you're a ghost and you're trying to, that's exactly what it's like. Well, along those lines, you know, you see these ghost shows and stuff and they say that, you know, Oh, just, turn off the flashlight, but just enough that, you know, if they turn it a little bit, the light will go on, we'll know they're here, and we, we, we have to make it so that it's not on, but it's easy for them to turn because it takes so much energy to turn the light on for ghosts. What, what, what do you think about that? Like, you're, you're you know, having an out-of-body experience, and you're opening drawers and things like that, did it feel like it took a lot of energy to do that or was it very seamless? Like it was just natural. When, when I was actually, it, I don't know if you want to call it the astral plane. When I was, when I was there, when I was out of my body, you don't, you don't really feel that. But like I said, when I did get into my body, I felt completely drained of my energy. Like, and I had that pressure in my head that like that lightheadedness, like, like I said, like it felt like I had a stroke or something. Like it was just like I couldn't, I couldn't get my energy back. Like it was just completely drained from me. And on, I mean, on the ghost, on the ghost realm of that, I actually heard on another podcast I was listening to a story about a uh, a, a woman and her boyfriend where the boyfriend had actually uh his brother had died um a week or two before this had happened but she said she was sleeping one night and um she woke up and she felt like some somebody was like kind of standing in the room with her and so she went to nudge her boyfriend and he didn't wake up but she, she kept nudging him and he wasn't going to, he wouldn't wake up and she looked over and she could see him standing on his side of the bed over there. And he was talking to his dead brother and he, the next she, she was so freaked out by it and she kept nudging and nudging and wake up and he finally woke up and he was like, Hey, what's wrong? What's wrong? And she said, um, Hey, I, I swear I just saw you standing outside of your body like you were standing over there, like, but you were still here. You were laying in bed. And he's like, that's really weird. I was just having a dream that, um, that my brother, that I was talking to my brother, that I was seeing my brother. So it's weird like that. Like maybe, maybe you do almost go into this other plane when that happens to where you are a ghost. It's, it's odd. It kind of makes you wonder what ghosts are then what like it kind of makes you wonder you know when people are experiencing you know ghost activity as far as like ghost hunters and and having interaction are, are they just 
somebody <laughs> having out of body experience that they're interacting with. I don't know. It's just, I'm sure it's not like that every time, yeah. but it's just, it's an interesting right. dynamic to think about. Um, it is, you know, and these things that you were experiencing, you know, like the out of body experience that was involuntarily, you weren't pursuing that, right? Right. Yeah. That was involuntary. It's, it's something, like I said, I felt kind of like that onslaught of it to where my energy was drained and everything when I was deployed in Kuwait, but they never completely began. Like I was hearing those voices. So I don't know if those voices were something that was trying to draw me into that astral plane to get me to start having out of body experiences. I don't know if it was some kind of dark entity that was trying to get me in, but maybe I had enough energy at that point to keep myself from having them. But maybe once I got back, I don't know, once I got back into that dorm room in England where that darkness was more prevalent and had more of a hold on that room, maybe, maybe it had more of a power over me to where my energy was just completely drained. And then every night that it kept going on, obviously my energy was drained more and more and more. And it just, I, maybe it just, it took more of a hold on me to where it could force me to have those, those experiences more, more prevalently. Yeah. That's really interesting, man. I, I don't know. I mean, with all the things that you've experienced and stuff, I mean, I, I personally wouldn't want to experience these things. And, uh, you know, I, I've never messed around with the Ouija board. I've heard stories. Obviously I'm listening to you and that kind of stuff just, no, no, thanks. No, I, I'm, I'm good. Uh, you know, you've, you know, at least in the show so far, you've shared that you've experienced things playing with a Ouija board twice. Have you done it more than twice though? I have not. So those, that last one after I, after I messed with the board with, with that girl in Mississippi and I came across that spirit, like I, I just, the darkness that I felt from it and just how I felt that it impacted me. Um, you know, I started Googling, I Googled the name and just came up with all these different people that at that same time that were, that were running into the spirit. And then, I mean, more and more and more. And like, it was becoming like a phenomenon. Like all these people are running into the spirit. And when they did run into the spirit, someone bad things were happening to these people and then all of a sudden they're making a movie about it in hollywood then it's on all these different ghost shows on tv like they're running into the spirit and it's like it's nothing to mess with no it's definitely not and you know i i'm not i'm not a fan of the idea that of what you just said where you know, the name of it, you're, you're researching it all of a sudden now that's, you know, they're making a movie about this thing. Like to me, that's not cool, you know? And, uh, I just think sometimes that Hollywood, uh, dabbles in things they shouldn't be dabbling in at least, you know, on a mass scale, like, you know, they're, they're, they're doing something to give to the masses. And it's like, I don't know if you should be giving that to everybody, you know? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yeah. It's one of those things. Like it was just something that nobody heard of. And now every, everybody knows that spirit's name and everybody's going to be trying to reach out to that thing. And it's, it's not something to mess with. I mean, it's, it's ruined people's lives. Yeah, absolutely. 
you know, you've had a lot of experiences at night, you know, you, you wake up and you, you have, um, uh, Soshi, I think, I think it was the name. Uh, and then you have the black figure and then the, I think it was a blue figure earlier, earlier. Uh, and these, right. these, these things are, you know, happening at night. Uh, is this something that's kind of like, um, kind of pushed you to fear going to sleep at all? I mean, do you have, a, do you have a hard time going to sleep after these experiences have happened to you? Not so much. And that's, that's what's weird. It's weird. It's, I mean, when I saw, when I had that, whatever you want to call it, old hag, the witch, like out of, out, right out of that out of body experience floating over me like that, that did terrify me like that. The next night I did not sleep. I didn't sleep at all. But what's weird, like when I saw, when I saw that, that blue figure, that woman, when I was 16, it was one of those things like, and like how I explained, I just kept, I laid there, but I closed my eyes and just hoped that it would go away. Like, and you're right behind you would just run. Like you would run up the stairs, you would be gone. You wouldn't, you wouldn't just sit there and just wait for it to come to you. But it's like, it's one of those things. It's hard to explain. It's like, you're terrified, but you're not, you're not scared enough. There's almost like a piece about it. It's weird to where like, you want to run, but you don't want to run. You're just like, okay, you know, let's just wait it out and see what happens kind of thing. When in your right mind, you would, you would run, you would be gone. So it's, it's weird how it, how it works that way. Yeah. Now with the night hag, and I think that's what you called it, a night hag, the very first uh-huh. uh, figure you saw when you're about 15 or 16 years old, you said right. every time you closed your eyes and opened them, it was closer to you. Right. Right. Okay. Right. So that sounds like a horror movie and, uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, like that, that sounds, te- that sounds terrifying. Now what you were looking at, could you see details? Was there a face? Yes. Yeah. She was, like I said, it was, she had like, it was long stringy hair, like just dirty looking, dirty looking grayish kind of hair. Like, but she had that blue tint to her. And it was just, she had, she looked old. She had wrinkles, like just old wrinkles. Like you could see she had eyes. It wasn't just like a socket kind of thing. Like it just looked more like just an old lady, like an actual human figure, but like an old lady. It was, it was weird. It it wasn't something, it didn't, it wasn't like a dark feeling. Like it, it did creep me out, but it wasn't as dark as what I had seen floating above me when I had that out of body experience. Okay. Wow. Wow. That's some, that's some crazy stuff, man. It really is. Uh, do you, do you think that this is something that is uh, possibly going to be handed down to your children? I mean, is this something that you worry about at all? I don't even know if I can worry about it. I honestly, I think it, I think it already has started. Unfortunately, <laughs> um, my my son. So we, uh, I'm I'm married to a Hispanic girl, and so we speak a little bit of Spanish um, and English with with the boys. And uh, so the littlest, Kukui, uh, means boogeyman uh, in Spanish. So. I mean, there's been several times 
just to where the the littlest he'll he'll just be standing there like we'll be sitting there having dinner or whatever and he'll just start like he'll have his face will just turn into like sheer like dread and he'll just start pointing and say cuckoo 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 like just freaking out like there's something like standing behind us just like staring at him and he he will freak out like completely and there's been times to where the boys will come running into the room and they'll be like hey hey what do you want and i'm like what what are you talking about and they'll be like you just called our name you called our names and i was like no i didn't i'm i've been sitting here like watching tv or doing whatever and they're like no you just called our names and i'm like no guys i promise i I didn't call your guys names (laughs) and uh just just the other day i was i was sitting there with my littlest and i was i was walking him into daycare and he's like he's like daddy um kukoi hit tony and i was like who's tony and he's like my friend and i'm like i'm like okay and i was like uh I was like, where's Tony at? And he's like, in my bedroom. And I was like, the Kukoi hit Tony in your bedroom? He's like, yeah, he killed him. And I was like, what? And he's like, yeah, yeah, daddy, the Kukoi killed Tony. And I was like, that's so creepy. So, yeah, I uh, unfortunately, I think it's already started for, for the boys. Is Tony an imaginary friend? Yes, Tony is an imaginary friend. So he's seeing the Kukoi, the boogeyman, and an imaginary friend in his room. You know, I wonder sometimes if imaginary friends aren't so imaginary. Uh, my sister, yeah. she had lots of imaginary friends as a kid. And I remember seeing, you know, she's five years younger than me and I'm thinking, you know, imaginary friends. Okay. Whatever. And the older I got and the more I, you know, look into this stuff, sometimes I just wonder, I mean, I'm not saying my sister was haunted, but I do wonder sometimes if, some children that are seeing things aren't just, it's not just imaginary. Maybe, maybe they're actually interacting with something. And the fact that he's been seeing the boogeyman and now the boogeyman is killing his quote unquote imaginary friend. That's kind of (laughs) crazy. That's kind of crazy. How old is he? It is. It is. He's, uh, he just turned three in March. Oh my gosh, man. Like, (laughs) yes, he's totally a little guy. I know he's got a, a long life of, craziness ahead of him if it keeps on wow wow man that's heavy stuff that's some heavy stuff and and so even with even with all that and and you know the things you've experienced and uh the things that your son's experiencing and stuff uh you you still see you still in some way is are attracted to the idea of this stuff happening yeah, unfortunately, I don't I don't know wow. what it is. It's not it's not so much that I I do nothing to invite it in. I I mean I I've never messed with another Ouija board. I don't do anything anything in my power to try to try to invite it in. I mean we we pray with the boys every night and try to try to keep them in a relationship with God and try to just you know try to keep evil from from entering but i mean if 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 the spirits and anything paranormal if it's if it's all dark i mean i don't i don't know i don't know how it it just continues to get in when you try try your hardest to keep it out yeah 
you know, and I've used this on on the show before as an example, but I wouldn't say it's hard to it's hard to break down like as far as like a a spiritual um theological convictions of mine kind of thing goes, you know, like I'm a Christian and, you know, I, I try to understand the Bible and try to, you know, look into these things. And the Bible, you know, does say not to practice things that would summon spirits. Um, right. Which, you know, a Ouija board would be one of those things. But uh, in the Bible, it talks about how King Saul summoned the spirit of the dead prophet Samuel. And for right. what during that story, I mean, it he he's literally talking to Samuel. So Samuel was a prophet. Samuel wasn't evil. But yet Samuel was present when summoned by a medium. And so it's a very it's just a very tricky thing to navigate through because we really don't know, you know, you can watch as many ghost shows as you want. And these guys on TV will say, Oh yeah, we got it all. We got it figured out. This is what happens here. And this is exactly what this is. They don't know. They, they think they know because they've developed their own theories and ideas on how this all operates, but they, when they really don't know, you know, and none of us do. Uh, And so it's just, man, dude. Um, But I mean, what you got going on in your life, I honestly, I, I wouldn't say it was probably very positive. <laughs> no, I no, mean, I don't you think got something at all. You got something that's saying, "Hey, come on down to the basement. I'll kill you with a knife." Uh, that's yeah. that's scary. I mean, do you ever think about what would have happened if you gone to the basement? I kind of do. I, I, I mean, I thought about it a few times, just wondering, you know, is is it really just going to be? I mean, when I think of Bippin in my mind, I'm thinking of just like a little, little dude in like, I don't know, like denim overalls, just standing there with a knife, looking like Chucky or something. Like I don't, Dang. I don't know. It's just like what, what would this thing have looked like? How would I have got stabbed? Like, it is. It's weird to think about. Just now, let me. Let how me ask how you, would that have turned out? Let me ask you this question. Uh, earlier in the show you kind of were hesitant about saying the name of the one entity and I asked you not mm-hmm. to, but you, you right. do say that the name of this one, what's the difference? This one, I just, I didn't feel that threateningness about it. I do. I do feel like it was super weird that, that, that I came in contact with him twice. I mean, obviously it was something that, has its eyes on me but i just didn't feel that i don't know i didn't feel that like a danger from him i guess um but and i i've i've also i've googled him just trying to see if you know if his name's popped up but his name his name doesn't pop up anywhere it's just something it's like something that nobody else ever ran into but and then you look at the other one and it's, it's some form of ancient evil that so many different people have experienced now. Okay. Well, Zach, listen, man, this was a fascinating um, life story that you have. And with everything that you've gone through, where do you stand on this stuff? I mean, obviously you believe it's real. Uh, and do you, do you have mixed feelings as to 
what what this is all about. I mean, obviously you think about it all the time, but like, what about all the your experiences? Could you conclude, at least for yourself, that you know, is there another world? Is it afterlife or is it another dimension? Like, what are your thoughts on everything that you've experienced? Like, do you have any rationale towards it? That's hard to say. I mean. I do. I think there's an afterlife. That's for sure. But at the same time, I mean, if you, if you put in perspective of, of heaven and hell, like it just, I don't, I don't see, I mean, none of these, like that, that old woman and just the smaller things. I just don't, I don't see them. Obviously, don't see them being sent from heaven, and I don't see them particularly being being sent from hell, like to come and torment me. I mean, because it wasn't it wasn't that dark of a feeling. It was more of a yeah. It was scary, but at the same time, it's there's almost obviously like a like I'm comfortable with it because I didn't I didn't feel like running. I was just closing my eyes, just kind of like hey, go away but I didn't run. I just, I just let it come to me still. So it's one of those things. It's like, yeah, there's an afterlife, there's a heaven, there's a hell, but like what, it's almost like there's some kind of in between to where, to where these things are, or maybe, maybe it is, maybe it's, maybe it's an astral plane where people are, it's just people. It's just people having out of body experiences to where they're, that's their dream. Maybe, maybe some 80 year old woman was having a dream about being creepy and standing at some, some 16 year olds bed, like watching them sleep. I, I mean, it's just, it's weird. It's hard. It's hard to figure out exactly what it is, but I mean, it's, it's so hard to, to even comprehend what it might be. Yeah, no, I absolutely agree with you 100%. I mean, uh, to understand it all, if you said you understood it all, then I'd say, Zach, come on, let's be real. Let's be honest here. Because uh, right. uh, none of us do. And that's why we do these exactly. shows to compare notes. So, uh, right. exactly. You know, Zach, I, I really appreciate you coming on and sharing your experiences and stuff. And if you do have any other experiences that you think you'd like to share with me, feel free to get a hold of me, man. Definitely, definitely. I appreciate it. I appreciate you having me on. Absolutely, man. Take care. Well, that's the show, everybody. I really hope you enjoyed it. And remember, if you've had an encounter or a story you'd like to share on the show, go ahead and shoot me an email. My email address is theconfessionalspodcast at gmail.com. That's theconfessionalspodcast at gmail.com. Or you can go to the website, theconfessionalspodcast.com. Hit the connection section and you can reach me that way as well. Either way works for me, just get a hold of me. If you want, you can also hit me up on social media. We are on Facebook. Look us up, The Confessionals Podcast. You can also friend request me at facebook.com forward slash TB Merkel. And on Twitter, it's at T Confessionals and at Tony underscore Merkel. And last but not least, Instagram. You can look me up at at Tony underscore Merkel and at The Confessionals Podcast. I hope you guys all have a great week. Take care. And remember, the truth will set you free. But first, it will piss you off. Psychic spies from China try to 